Hi, this is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church, Edgewater. Urban Village Church does bold, inclusive, and relevant ministry for people who were traumatized by church, people who feel overchurched, and even the non-churched folks. If you identify with any of these signifiers, we're so glad you're listening. Would you consider helping us continue this Jesus-loving ministry in and across Chicago and over the internet? You can make a generous recurring gift by going to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org backslash give. And thanks for helping us with your ears, actions, and dollars to build up God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And now, here's the latest sermon. We'll begin with scripture reading. So I'll read our scripture this morning. It's going to be up on the screen behind me. We also have uh, Bibles in the front. If you don't have a Bible or want one for yourself, you're welcome to get one. Our scripture this morning comes from Acts 4, right? 23 through 31. Uh, Thank you, Kathy. Um, After they were released... They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had to say to them. When they heard it, they raised their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and everything in them? It is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, why did the Gentiles rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against the Messiah. For in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, gathered together against our holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. What's good, fam? Does nobody know what that is? Do people not say fam anymore? Oops. Is that a good? I don't. I never know where to begin sermons, so I just try colloquialisms. I'll try something other than fam next time. You you didn't like that. Uh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Uh, has anyone ever taken on something that felt like a big risk before? Uh, like what? Most of the United States. That's yes. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to like you, you to step on the gas like that. <laughs> I, was, I was like feeling like we could work our way up <laughs> to move to the United States. Yeah, that's a good one. Don't feel intimidated by that. I want more, more answers. <laughs> Defend, okay, all right, okay. Just everybody, chill out for just a second because it is 11:06. I 
<laughs> I want us to have some place to go. All right. <laughs> Moving to the United States, defending your PhD. Others? Cleaning the kitchen. Cleaning the, thank you. God bless you for like reading the room <laughs> and just going the other way. Great, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, others? Yeah, huge, huge one. That's that's another big one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Um, big risks for me. Uh, talking in front of people. I don't know why I keep doing this. I. <laughs> can't stop. <laughs> if people ask me to, I will, and I don't know what to do. Uh, this is not a cry for help. I realize it sounds like it's going that direction. Uh, <laughs> but I always feel like I'm risking something when I do this. Uh, any, any, I don't want to leave anybody out. Any other good, like, risks? New jobs, yeah. Oh, yeah. Raising a toddler, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great one. Yeah. I don't, like, have not personally experienced that, but it sounds... <laughs> sounds risky to me. Bless you. Yeah. Um, those are big, yeah. Uh, the people handle, like, we all have different, like, uh, capacities for risk, right? Uh, we, we texted a friend when I was like thinking about like being risk uh, averse versus like not understanding what that phrase means because there were people like that. And I thought of someone in particular when I was like, what would she even consider a risk? So texted her like she said, hmm, let me think about that. I was like, that's wasn't expecting you to say that. I can tell you like five things I'm nervous about right now. Uh, she texted the next day. She kept thinking. It's like I don't know. Like, all right, that's pretty cool. Uh, some people don't feel like they're risking very much ever. Uh, they like just need like constant like adrenaline all the time. Like they need to go 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 go. I don't get that. I'm very neurotic. It feels like a risk if like the pen that I like the best is like I can't find it. Like I could use a different one, but like uh, it's not going to be the same. That's like a risky situation for me. So I guess you might say that I'm more risk averse than my friend. Um, risky for me. I hate scary movies. I know it's not real, but it still feels like uh, I don't know. Get Out was a good one. I was like nervous to go around Andrea's family for a while after that. I was like, this is like the long game. We've been together 10 years, but like any minute now, they're going to like spring it on me. I said, ah. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, or even just intense TV shows. Uh, Game of Thrones. I think of the characters in that show. Those are people who could probably have stood to be a little more risk averse. It's like, why are you doing this? It didn't have to, none of this needed to go like that. Uh, I like to watch that and then like, like it makes me feel better about myself for just being paralyzed with anxiety all the time. It's like, ah. I wouldn't have been at that wedding. I'm fine. Uh, wouldn't have ever happened. <laughs> Would have never left Winterfell. <laughs> Great king in the north here. Uh, Andrea wanted me to like, talk about finding Nemo and risk aversion. Good, silence. That's what I wanted to hear because I was like, I don't know what that means. Something about the fish's dad's name is Mar Marvin. Marlin. And he's like afraid. Is this, I don't know. 
I cut it out. I'm talking about it now, so that's not effective, but like, I'm just glad nobody else cares about that movie. Like the way, because I was, felt like I was missing some huge like, like a cultural thing that happens sometimes. I'm not super hip. Uh, but if, if like, there's a connection for you with finding Nemo and being risk averse, like, tell me after this and I'll like, rewrite this for the next time I do it, which will probably never happen. But you know, improve the sermons afterwards anyways. Uh, I get really invested in certain characters in TV shows and movies, uh, the way the story should play out. I get mad at the author for like writing stories a certain way. Uh, I really liked Harry Potter as a kid. Like, did we really need to lose Hedwig and Dobby? Who was that for? Like, you are a sociopath. That didn't have to happen. Uh, that was just too far, you know? Um, but what I do if I'm watching a show, I also watch The Walking Dead. What I'll do is wait for like, everyone else to have watched it, and then I'll just read about it. And then I'll finish watching it so that I don't have a meltdown at the time. Like, I can handle it if it's not a surprise when like, your favorite characters die. Does that make sense? This is not relatable to anyone at all. I need a more neurotic church <laughs> to preach to, because it's too weird. Uh, I think the thing is, a lot of the fear of risk for me in any area is like about unpredictability. I'm afraid of risking things because I don't know what's going to happen. So when I'm watching a movie, like if it's an older movie, I can go on Wikipedia, I can get a synopsis of the plot, and that's great, uh, because I can know what's going to come next. It's not a surprise. I'm not risking anything. I already know they're going to go up, they're going to run up the stairs. They always run up the stairs in horror movies. There's no way out. That's the direction they always go. And I don't have to worry about it. They're done. They're not making it out of the house. There's, there's nothing to risk here. Uh, knowing what comes next, what to expect from life, makes things less terrifying. Uh, the world, I would say, needs people who are filled with the Holy Spirit who can boldly take on the risk of bringing the good news of God's liberating love to the earth, even though we don't know what's going to happen. Is, is anyone, like, read ahead in, in <laughs> like, the geopolitical landscape? I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but several unexpected things have happened uh, in the last little while. Some significant ones might come to mind. Sometimes history takes a turn that you weren't expecting. And that can be really scary. It is for me. And uh, when the unexpected happens, the sense of risk for me gets especially sharp. But giving in to the fear of risk, of risking having things to lose, can threaten to keep us from becoming the people that God is calling us to be. Y'all, I can't even really watch the news anymore, honestly. Uh, things are getting out of hand out there. Like, it feels a little too Games of Thrones for me anyway. Uh, daily life can feel like it's in flux all the time. Uh, like, the random tweet comes out, and we are or are not going to war with Denmark or Canada or North Korea. It's hard. I can't tell who our enemies are anymore. Uh, I've really lost the plot. It's a little scary, uh, and it feels like just being in the world is a risk sometimes. 
We can watch the president conduct foreign relations via Twitter. Our government is torments and traumatizes children at the border. About a month ago, a vehicle backfired in Times Square. Did anybody see this? Uh, our society is so traumatized by the constant threat of random public mass gun violence that it caused a human stampede. My tone shifts like really dramatically and without warning. I apologize for that. Just flow with me. We'll, we'll go somewhere good in the end. Uh, but in the face of such horrors, real human tragedies, I believe we are called to be more than passive observers. That we're here for a reason. Who's my aim? I like hear an amen, but I can't like identify the person. Thank you. <laughs> I need it. I, you're good. It's right in the middle, too. That's perfect. Um, we're, we're meant to be more than just like watching, right? And retweeting. We're supposed to be bright lights shining in the darkness. And I understand if that sounds like a risk. If it feels like a risk just to be a passive observer just because of the scale of the like, weird, weird things that are going on, the Amazon is on fire, apparently, like purposefully, not like on accident, but like just the place where we get 20% of our oxygen, they're just like burning it down. Like oxygen is great, what would be better? More cows. I don't get the math, but I'm not in charge of that particular forest, so that's the way that is right now. Uh, so it's important, I think, that we figure out how to handle these risks, how to accept them and move through them effectively. A people liberated from the fear of risk, that, my dear siblings, is a people empowered to share a prophetic vision of the way our communities, our country, and our world ought to be. Does that make sense? If you're too afraid, not only can't you act, you can't even see what it might be that you would do. Fear can really shut you down. Like, neurologically, your whole, you think with this part of your brain, the front part, that'll just turn off if you're afraid. You'll go straight to your amygdala and you'll just be snapping at people and not know why. You won't be focused. You won't be able to remember what you wanted to do. And if the body of Christ acts that way, you might find a church that gets really hyper fixated on things that don't make any sense. Things that Jesus didn't talk all that much about. Things that um, really no one should care as much about as, uh, as we seem to as a society. You might be able to guess which particular issues those are. And especially as we watch the world burn, it suggests to me that it is a church that is living and thinking out of fear. There's a lot about our society, I think, that we might be able to describe, uh, explain by saying those people are afraid. They are detecting risk. They are afraid of losing something, and they do not know how to deal with that fear. The book of Acts brings us the story of the early Christian community. They're faced with some pretty serious risks to their immediate freedom and safety. Not like the kinds of risks that they think they're not allowed to pray in school, or the kinds of risks that they, someone built a mosque somewhere, not the kinds of risks that people want to get married, not those kinds of risks, more like the kinds of risks 
if we hear you say the name of Jesus again, we will murder you. That kind of risk. It's different than what Christians might complain about today. Different, kind, different level of risk, still risky. Peter and John, you see, what had happened was Jesus had just been murdered by, by the power of empire and by the power of a corrupt religious organization. And Peter and John decided that the thing to do after that would be to go back to the temple to preach about Jesus. Back to people who are not that risk-averse. Probably Peter would fit into the, the less risk-averse category. It's hard to get my mind around. They just killed the guy that you're talking about, and that's where you want to go. Oh, all right, that's cool. I'm going to go organize my pens. Um, <laughs> Peter and John, they go, they're going for afternoon prayers. Morning prayers are too early, I guess. They're, it's like 3 o'clock, and they're going to church. That's, that's good. That's like church I can make it on time for, 3 p.m. Uh, on the way inside, there's a man sitting at a gate. He's been uh, begging outside this gate for most of his life. He's never been able to walk. The people know who he is. He's over 40. Uh, Peter sees him. The beggar sees Peter. The beggar says, got any change? Peter says, look at me. Look at me. Nobody saw that movie? I never know if my references are going to land. There's no way to know. That's my, those are the risks I'm prepared to take. Like, <laughs> will they get this reference? Does it work? I'm going to try it anyway. He says, I don't have any gold or silver, but... What I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. So he does. He just gets up. He walks. That's a risk, too. Peter is just like next level risk comfortable. Like, what if nothing happened? Like, I would, I, I, I <laughs> awkward. That would be my greatest fear is like, try to heal somebody, it doesn't work. You go back inside. Ah, that's terrifying. Peter, uh, <laughs> Peter and John. They go into the temple. This time, this man that everybody knew was lame is following them. He's jumping and shouting, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! They're definitely causing a scene, which is uh, uncomfortable to me. It's not supposed to be that kind of worship service. <laughs> I don't know if you know there are different kinds of worship services. And some of them you're not supposed to like run around and jump and like shout about how cool Jesus is. It was it was that kind of service that was happening, and they just went in and did that. Uh, very uncomfortable. After that, uh, Peter just goes ahead, calls on everyone in earshot to repent of their sins except Jesus. And so they get arrested because, of course, they do. What did they, what, how did you think that was going to go? You can't do that uh, in the temple. <laughs> These are the same authorities that just had Jesus put to death. Now Peter is back and can't shut up about the guy and how he defeated the power of death. He didn't even stay dead. Y'all are fake. Uh, before they released uh, Peter and John from jail, uh, the authorities threatened them. They gave them a cease and desist order on even the name of Jesus. 
So obviously Peter and John go back to the squad. They, they hit up the, 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 their like headquarters. They, they go see the rest of the Christians. They're like, you know what they don't want us to do is say Jesus. Peter's very sassy in my mind and kind of like weirdly feminine. And uh, they, they, they let everybody know. They put on notice. They're, they're put on notice. Don't say his name anymore. The name became a risk. Has the name of Jesus ever been a risk to you? Has your faith ever caused you to do something that might have been perceived to someone else as, as like, you might lose something. You might have to give something up. You might not uh, be on the same trajectory you were before because of Jesus. The very first thing they do, you know, they, they, they get together again, they pray, they pray, they in, in my mind, I can't like think of it in any other way other than very charismatic, just Peter just like stamping his foot. I said, I'm going to keep on praying in the name of J-E-S-U-S, except in like Aramaic or Greek or however you spell it, and um, not in English. And they just keep doing it. When faced with the fear of risk, the disciples didn't ask for reassurance or even safety. They didn't... Uh, <laughs> occur to them to stop praying in the name of Jesus because Jesus had changed their lives. When faced with this fear, what they do is they return to familiar narratives. They return to the God they have already known, the God who met them and led them and guided them and turned them into the community they were. The God that gave them the boldness to be the people they wanted to be. Who knows that sometimes the bravest thing you can do in the world is just be who you are. They surround each other. They love each other. They remind each other that God made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They read scripture together. They sing together. And they boldly pray in the name of Jesus together. Fear can creep in when we aren't sure of how things are going to end or how things will turn out or if the scribes and the, the, the temple guards are going to bust the door down and hear us praying in the name of Jesus. But faith gives us the chance to know that things are going to be okay even if things aren't okay. Faith gives us the eyes to see that things will be all right, no matter what the ending is. Somebody said it's going to be all right. None of this boldness, though, the, the, uh, that I'm talking about uh, should necessarily be read as recklessness. I, like, so neurotic person, like thinking, all right, let's talk to the church about boldness, and then like envisioning like, a burning city, just flames and just like, he told us to be bold. It's like, that's, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. You don't have to be reckless, right? Everything they're doing, they do together. They know that people have their back. Boldness isn't about not being careful, which I think is great because I love being careful. It's the best. Uh, it's not about abandoning thought and planning and reasoning. And, and if I would imagine that Peter and, and um, 
that Peter knew he was going to get arrested when he, went to the, when he went to the temple. Sometimes you hear about people getting arrested at, at protests and stuff. Like, we planned that out, y'all. We knew that that was going to happen. That wasn't a surprise. Whoever got arrested, like, wanted that to happen. It was, like, part of the plan. Uh, usually. <laughs> not, all, not everybody, but usually. Um, and I would encourage you to be the usual kind of people who get arrested. Do it on purpose. Don't accidentally get arrested. Uh, living out your call might be risky, but finding the people and the resources that you need to live it out anyway, that is bold and exactly the kind of thing that believers who gather at any site at UVC are called to, to forsake the fear of risk, to put it aside, to lay it down, not to ignore it for sure, because if you aren't afraid, you can't be bold, because to be bold is to act in spite of fear, fully in knowledge of the fact that you might lose something, fully in knowledge of the fact that you are afraid, fully in knowledge that things might not work out how you thought they were going to work out, but knowing that God has something more in store for you, in store for your children, in store for your brothers, in store for your sisters, in store for your non-binary siblings, in store for this whole darn world, in store for us. God is not done with this city. And so we act boldly. I said I wasn't going to shout at y'all. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, but I do it anyway. Thank God. Uh, One of the most prominent modern German writers with an unpronounceable name that I will pronounce Goethe said, the dangers of life are infinite, and among them is safety. Our real lives and the lives of the disciples we read about aren't like movies that I can look up on Wikipedia to make them like more comfortable for me to sit through. I can't actually know what's going to happen. One of life's most seductive temptations is to only do the safe things, never realizing that playing it safe is a risk in itself. If you don't ask for that date, if you don't swipe, right? (laughs) If it feels too risky to leave the house or even get out of bed in the first place, if you can't try to find a new job or just move your life in the direction God is calling you, you might just be missing out on a whole lot of life. But the spirit and bold community of God might be waiting on you with an outstretched hand saying, gold and silver I have not, but what I do have. Stand up and claim it with me. Get up and walk. Be the child of God that you were always meant to be, even at your most depressed, even at your most broken. God had something in store for you. Something that would bless the whole world. In the case of people of faith, Risk is not just about not self-actualizing, not reaching your greatest potential or living your best life. The real risk for us is missing out on the chance of participating and bringing God's love to earth. God is going to bring that love, y'all. You don't got to worry about that. What you got to worry about is, are you going to participate? 
Are you going to be a conduit of God's love on earth? Are you going to be a transforming agent of freedom and safety that makes the world safe for people that the world wants to make it dangerous for? Which is always the most vulnerable. And every time real love shows up in the world, the world tries to put it on a cross. And if you know that, then you know that being a follower of Christ will involve a fear of risk. There might be some risk, for instance, in protesting for environmental protections. The greater risk is probably like losing our planet. Honestly, we should have like terraformed a different planet before we terraformed the one we're on. And so, like, a thing that we can't live on anymore. I wasn't in charge of that. I don't, I didn't do that. I kind of did. I, my carbon footprint is, like, bad. Working on it. Have you brought a fear of risk with you this morning? Do you face an uncertain future? If so... And let us first look to the past, where we know God has met us in fire and water by seemingly on the shores of a seemingly unpassable sea. Let us look forward from there with the eyes of faith, eyes that have gone looking for spoilers, eyes that don't flinch at plot twists due to the confidence that comes from a peace that can only come from the divine spirit in whom we live and move and have our being. It's this spirit of the living God that fills us with the boldness to say, in the name of Jesus, amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are good. You lead us and you guide us, you shape us, you form us, and you hold us together, and God, keep on holding us because we need it. We love you and praise you in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.